0: Hi everyone, it's The Slip Up, and do we have a treat for you this time? We spent the week at Web Summit, the world's largest tech conference, and we had the opportunity to record conversations with an extremely influential type of cybersecurity experts that remain under the radar far too often startup founders. You see, the cybersecurity conversation tends to be driven by eloquent full-time communicators who use their full workdays to perfectly hone inspiring messages. They design the quotes we post and share, they influence what we Google and what we don't Google. They basically create the industry's narratives about the future. But it's entrepreneurs like the ones we spoke to who actually built this future. They turn thoughts and ideas and inspiring quotes and experiences into reality. And it's mostly their own thoughts and ideas, not the ones shared by the cybersecurity influencers. These guys don't work the stage, they work the world. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: Okay, my name's Alan Jones and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Yo Messaging. Well, my name is Nitz Khan. I'm the CEO at
2: Mitigant
3: uh, hi, I'm Wojtek, uh, I'm from GDPR Risk Tracker, and we are GDPR guys. Um, as you probably know, GDPR is the most sexy thing in the world, uh, so our business is quite easy.
4: I'm Nicolas Thomas from the startup Incan Incan.link.
0: You'll find all their info and companies in the show notes, so let's hear what they do, starting with Nicolas, who created Sealfo.
4: I'm doing an application called Silfi, play on world, a seal and a selfie, to have a recording, digital recording, of the approval process. You sign with your selfie. In many cases, the approval process of the boss to the accounting to make the transfer is just uh, informal. And, and the apps is made to be so easy that you have no excuse to use it. Let me do the training. Can you, can you take a picture with your mobile phone?
3: Church.
4: Okay, you're trained for it to use selfie. Wonderful. This is Niels,
0: the CEO of Mitigant.
2: Uh, we're a cybersecurity uh, company who is focused on cloud infrastructure security. I met most of my co-founders at the Hasselbutton Institute in Potsdam. And uh, we started with research and saw that the research can be applied to real life. And that was basically Back in 2020, the starting point for MIDIGAN?
0: Voitec focuses on making regulatory compliance less annoying.
3: We decided to provide a tool for any company to be GDPR compliant because we think this GDPR compliance is quite important thing from one point of view. From another one is real pain in the neck. We tried to make it a little
1: simpler.
0: And Alan? Well, he's revolutionizing how messaging is kept safe.
1: We are a private and confidential messaging platform that enables each user to be identified and enables you to control content after it has been sent, which is something that no other messaging platform in the world today is able to do. They concentrate on encryption and protecting data for the delivery period between a and B. Yo does that, but furthermore we then require biometric authentication in order to continuously display the message and the content and we do not allow saving, forwarding or copying of a message or screenshotting without the permission of the sender. So we protect content. The way these startup founders
0: view the current state of the cybersecurity industry is super interesting. Their views of how it's structured, how open it is to new ideas and what it is failing at, touch upon the same topics we all talk about, but with a clear bias for action, for creating effects, for solving problems instead of just pointing them out. Here's Niels again.
2: Let's say the, the industry has different poles. You have the established all the companies which are trying to uh, understand what is new upcoming and maybe buy a lot of startups to stay on the pulse of time. And I also see a lot of good startups from Israel, for instance, coming up and growing in a very short time. So the industry is definitely learning fast. It's not an industry which takes a long time to something is settled. From my perspective, it's an industry who is always trying to stay on top of topics, which is good.
1: It's a great question because it's a very confusing market. You have thousands of companies jumping into cybersecurity to prevent, to uh, allow you to monitor, um, to allow some form of um, reduction in threat levels. Yet still 78% of cyber infiltration comes from some user tapping on the wrong thing at the wrong time um, through a phishing uh, contact.
4: Training in cyber is good, it works, but if you look at phishing scam tests and stuff, they work, people get the test, but globally the number of people who who get catch is always 30%. It does not decrease. afford 30% errors you can't afford one error <laughs> so during the closing of the quarter uh, of the books accountants are on fire and of course someone overwhelmed will make mistakes right you're preaching to the choir here nicholas so doesn't need a phd in psychology to push them to the limits <laughs> and
1: uh, and get through. You know, our threat level basically is the people that we work for us um, or our kids or whoever has access to our, our systems at the end of the day. Let's say
2: the, the situation at the moment, I would say, is quite critical. My, my look is more focused on, on Europe. And uh, we have a big influence from the Ukrainian-Russian war. So a lot of uh, attacks from the Russian side uh, onto Europe entities are there. Um, And also due to Corona more likeliness of getting hacked is there because companies went to the digital space. So this is, let's say, one thing which concerns me. Um, One thing which I'm looking forward is that there will be a new directive next year. It's called NIST2 directive uh, which protects more companies who are essential for a, for a, a country and these ca- companies have to fulfill certain standards of security so for me that is basically good news so the companies have to care a bit more about their own security and have to put it in the focus to have also business continuity so
3: there are a lot of very big companies which can, you know, make everything with your data and have tools and uh, assets for doing that, and on the other side are us, data subjects, letting those companies do everything with our data. So, I guess it's not that good. It's it's too complicated. So we okay, we give up, we quit, we I don't care. Yes, yes, yes. Every consent is checked. So and then you know you are surprised that everybody knows everything. So um, I guess it's not uh, good, but we are going good way, Mm -hmm. uh, good direction, I guess. The challenges will be always there, because it's basically hackers versus protectors,
2: and with uh, AI coming up, maybe in the future it will be machines against machines. But I think both sides will always learn in the process and harden or make their attacks more elegant, so it's an endless cycle and the main topic is that you are trying to stay on top uh, of, the, of, uh, of your own security in the company.
4: We, we could have a secure email if everyone is, was using uh, properly SMIME and PGP for 30 years. I was using it 30 years ago. It's not deployed, it's not used. You need to understand the crypto, you need to have the hygiene and the discipline to to, to take care of your keys and that's too much for many people.
0: What these guys are so calmly talking about is what you hear in cybersecurity community calls where actual practitioners try to help each other. They didn't talk about the current hype topics, they weren't trying to sell their vocabulary they were mostly just stating the obvious, because the obvious obviously matters, but it makes for a really boring marquee topic for a conference. So how do cybersecurity entrepreneurs see the future of cybersecurity, the one that they are building? Let's start with Nicholas this time, who's quite cautious about who will even be able to afford proper cybersecurity in the future.:
4: We are in a race. Always more expensive at the security layers and levels, just to keep up, not to get better, just to keep up. So if you stretch that, only the banks will be able to do that,
1: just to afford it. I think Web3 will help and I think that identity management is huge. And I, as we discussed earlier, I believe that identity will become a currency. And at that stage, there will be a value proposition to every user. And When I say a value proposition, I believe that in the future, people will pay us to be validated on different communications topologies.
3: Uh, unfortunately, I suppose, I can imagine only one scenario, that every data is absolutely public. And this is, you know, one and only one scenario that the data are safe. If not, there always be a race, you know, between those who need data to make their businesses, to make money on them, and uh, ordinary users, those who use application, use devices, will always be one step uh, back.
4: On the web, the criminals get more equipped, more organized, they specialize and professionalize, and they do an economic exchange between them. On the other side, we launch more and more services every day. Developers have to go fast, 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 fast. Security is eight on their list. And even if they reach that, they don't know how to do it. And I can support my claim with a paper from a university in Berlin. We can we can talk about it.
0: You'll find a link to that paper in the show notes. In the future, most likely automation
2: will kick in on a high, high level. That means development operators, so people who are taking care of, of cloud and digital infrastructures will focus much more on. strategic side and uh, less on the everyday uh, doing because the automation kicks in. Hopefully the automation on the other side is not kicking in as much as uh, possible on the hacker side but that's more my hope yeah. Uh, because also the hackers are getting more clever and uh, and, uh, more active. That's that's hard to say but I I do, do believe that there will be much more research in that area than it is already uh, today, and with AI that will be definitely uh, a main influence factor. Maybe in in 20 years you will not have a chief uh, security officer as a human being, maybe you will have a chief security officer AI.
1: I believe that there will be a combination of identity, heuristics, human behaviour modelled into a token that becomes our individual protector or access point or key, so to speak, in the future. So it would be nigh on, and I never say impossible, you know, I'm an innovator so nothing's impossible, but I think it will be virtually impossible to be a bad actor in any type of environment, particularly in communication.
3: If you are thinking about cybersec, you think, oh my god, it's so f- complicated. I can't handle it, but if you decompose it into, you know, smaller steps, and those steps are, anyone can understand it, it suddenly is quite simple, okay, it's not that bad, it's quite easy, so. but I hope it will be like with brushing your teeth. It I mean, thinking about data protection will be part of our life, and maybe that's the answer, you know. I don't know how it could look like, but maybe one day we'll protect data as today we, on the morning and at the evening we're brushing our teeth. So maybe it will be part of our, you know, common daily activities. I don't know. I don't know.
0: So, what do you think about these bold ideas? Human behavior modeled into a security token? Only banks being able to afford keeping up with increasingly professionalizing cybercriminals? Automatic cybercrime systems fighting an automatic war against automatic cybersecurity systems? Or cybersecurity that is as mundane and routine as brushing your teeth? Whether you agree with these ideas of the future or not, they will matter they will play a role because they are what drives the people who are actually building the future of cybersecurity and not only giving keynotes about it. Thank you for listening in. If you've found any of this helpful, this time I'm not asking you to subscribe to The Slip Up, which you're still very welcome to do, but to make the effort to check out and engage with these guys' startups. Talk to them, Support them, hire them, or just tell someone else about them. Alan is the CEO of Yo Messaging, that's Y E O, and you can find them at YoMessaging.com, that's Y E O Messaging.com. Niels is the CEO of Mitigant, as in the one who mitigates, and you can find them at Mitigant.io. Wojtek is the CEO of GDPR Risk Tracker, and you can find them at gdprrisktracker.pl. That's PL for Poland, where they're based. And Nicholas is the CEO of Inken Link, which is also their web address. That's I-N-K-A-N dot link. Their website even has a nifty dark mode for all your nerdy types. You can also go directly to their product page for Sealfy. That's at sealf.ie. We'll be back in two weeks when my voice has recovered a bit.